You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. With me is Jason Borbrasheen, and we're going to talk about inflation in the United States of America and the implications of the CPI figure that was released on Thursday. Now, Jason, it's not our job, it's not our mandate to talk about short-term moves, but we can't ignore what happened yesterday. And I'm just going to run through the sequence of events, if I can. CPI inflation, consumer price inflation, came out at 8.2% the previous month. The market was expecting a rise, an annual rise of 7.9%, but it came in at 7.7%. And the market has become so used to expectations being beaten on the upside for inflation. This was a huge surprise. And I've never seen moves on, for example, indices like the S&P and the NASDAQ as the one that I saw yesterday with the NASDAQ up over seven and a third percent. It was quite startling, wasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. I think you're highlighting off the trend in inflation coming in above expectations. So if we look at the prior prints this year, then the majority, bar for one significant move in the summer have come in above. So I think it, it was that element of surprise. But I think if you dig beneath the surface, there are some trends from which we can take a bit of heart, I think. So let's focus a bit on the core number, yeah. perhaps, as opposed to the headline. So core more affected by the X energy and X food price moves. Not to say that they're irrelevant for macro trends. They are, of course. But they, I think, are something that the Federal Reserve and other policymakers focus a little bit more on. There, what we saw on a monthly basis was that it came in much beneath expectations. So it rose by 0.27% on the month. Uh, consensus for the survey had it in about 0.5%. And that meant that core came in at 6.3 year on year. Now, it seems quite, I suppose, astounding perhaps to think that's a, a good number, but yeah. it's shown a sequential decline, which is, I think, important. If we look beneath the surface on some trends, what I think is important there is that things like core goods are coming in negatively. We've seen car prices start to decline. We've seen apparel prices come down also. We've also just seen in core services, which I think is particularly important, that number come down. Now, the reason why that I think is why that matters is that initially price pressure has been showing up in goods. And that makes sense. As you had reopening, people can first spend on things. Then you move on to experiences through services. And that's where I think the inflation issue is more sticky. So the fact that that was a bit less intensive, I think, is, is an important trend. Um, and one of the things that was, I suppose, also helpful, but which is quite slow moving, and we can dig into if interesting, is how rental prices or, or um, OER uh, is factored in. And that came down a bit. Um, and that's something which has been pushing upward pressure on on the overall inflation number. So I think it is a, a good number. It is one number that's yes. important to emphasize. Um, so it's you know, not making a summer out of one swallow, but I think there's an important trend that we do have to recognize from that. Yes, I think we do. And as you say, it's just a once off. It'll be the next one that everyone will be on tenterhooks for in, in a month's time. But on the other hand, does this sort of indicate, given the analysis you've done of all the different sectors and how they performed price increase wise, is it the first indication that perhaps the economy is slowing down and recession might be looming next year? Yes. So I think there's there's a couple of aspects to that. So while on any one month to say what inflation is likely to do. So surprises and volatility around that is high. Our belief, though, is that inflation is going to come down. And the move from, I think, the sort of high single digits down to the lower single digits 
is fairly straightforward, particularly given if we look at some of the interest rate sensitive sectors of the economy, they really have slowed quite quickly, for example, housing. It's going to be the next move from there where you get try, you know, sort of moving from five to two percent on inflation, where the real potential pain is going to be felt. And that, I think, relates to the recession problem. Now, we think recession is, is pretty likely and that's not really saying something too remarkable. I think the majority of people predict a recession now. It's the depth and it's the it's the length of that recession which will matter from an equity market and from a risk asset perspective. But I would also then say that actually recessions are an incredibly effective cure-all for inflation. And so if you go back historically through the big bouts of inflation that we've seen, which actually are not too significant in number. Um, really, it, it's isolated to the sort of post-World War II era and then the, the 60s and 70s and 80s. But they were very effectively defeated by recessions. It's the magnitude and it's the length of the recession that's, that's really going to be important then. It's a fascinating situation. And the Fed must be about to sit down this morning and uh, exchange messages and everything and say, right, what does this mean? Let's wait for the next month and see what happens. But in their mind, and certainly in the market's mind, they must be saying, OK, it takes a while to filter through. We've still got to keep a lid on inflation, which is still historically quite high, recent history anyway, at 7.7% and the core number that you mentioned earlier. But on the other hand, do we need 75 basis points next time? Do we even need 50 basis points next time? And I think that was why the market was so relieved. Market believes we've seen peak inflation and maybe very soon we'll see peak interest rates. I think that's what it's become about. So you know, we had a few speakers yesterday. We had Harker, Logan, Daly, Mester, George. I mean, they all sort of played the message of that. That's one print. It's good to see, but that ultimately it, it doesn't make a necessarily a pattern. The emphasis for the Fed has moved to slowing the pace of rate hikes. And that's you know very explicit. They clearly believe and are right to suggest that policy tightening works with lags. It's Again, it's the magnitude of those lags and it's the extent to which that's going to hit the economy. So I think it's less now about whether we're talking about 75, 50 or 25. Um, I mean, our base case will probably be 50 uh, for the Fed on uh, the next meeting. Um, you know, and that seems to be backed up by um, their sort of mouthpiece in The Wall Street Journal at the moment, which is Nick Timuraros, who's sort of suggesting 50 basis points also. I think the issue becomes when growth starts to slow, we believe it will, do they react to that quickly? That's the pivot question. It's not, you know, slowing the, the pace of hikes. It's whether they react to growth slowing relative to what inflation is doing. And the issue is, obviously, if you keep rates high and growth is slowing significantly, in a real sense, you are tightening policy, even if you're not doing anything. And that's where it becomes trickier for, for the equity market. So currently, we're sort of pricing in a high of you know, close to 5% by uh, the sort of first quarter next year on rates. Um, and then it's the market's pricing a sort of fairly significant slowdown by the time we get to 2024. Um, and it's going to be the extent to which that slowdown in, uh, sorry, rate cutting actually occurs um, that, that's going to matter for risk assets and, and for the bond market more generally, I think. Yeah, so we didn't mention the bond market in my introduction, but I mean, it was uh, the US 10 year was something like 423, 424, not that long ago, maybe yeah. seven to 10 days ago. And after this announcement yesterday, it was in the 380s, which is quite significant. Yes. I didn't see what the two, two year did, but clearly uh, people are, are are saying the same thing that I've said and that you've sort of backed up uh, that uh, rates are not going to go as high as many people had expected and therefore portfolio managers I, meant, I mentioned the Fed sitting down this morning um, 
US time and uh, doing a little bit of rejigging here and there for whatever statement they're going to come out with. But portfolio managers like yourself at 91 must also be sitting down and saying, okay, we we knew that inflation was coming down and we thought that it was. But on the other hand, the drama of the reaction means that maybe we should look at our strategies. Has that been the case? Yes, I think so. I mean, one thing I would just say, it is really about the length that rates stay at a high level. It's not about how high rates get. Rates will keep going up if inflation keeps on surprising to the upside, which I think is less likely. But you could get the odd print where it will. The issue is, do rates stay at this high point for a prolonged period of time? Um, So, you know, there were some adjustments in the market yesterday. It wasn't really about the move to a less high terminal rate, if we think about it that way. There was a bit of a reduction there, you know, sort of from over five to just below five. It was more about the path for rates from then on. So what people were taking out from future expectations was how high rates would stay. So by the sort of 2024 period, what now is being expected is a bit more in terms of cutting. That's the key question, really, because if they don't um, if they don't come through with that and actually inflation stays high and they need to take growth down further, then, then there's the risk. So in terms of making adjustments to portfolios, yesterday we really didn't do very much. Our expectation more recently had been that equities could do somewhat better, bonds too. So we'd been increasing our, our equity exposure and our bond exposure, still remaining at fairly cautious levels. But our view had been that actually this was more likely to sort of play out that there was a lot of negativity in the market. And I think that negativity in the market is a point that particularly during extreme market moves and bearish markets, you have to be attuned to when sentiment becomes too extreme in either direction. You, you sort of have to be prepared to, to move against it to an extent. But I think a lot of yesterday then was driven by people being forced into you know short covering positions. There's quite a lot of data to suggest that if we look at the performance of stocks with high short interest ratios in them, i.e., a lot of the uh, outstanding stock is being used to short, then those perform much better than those with lower short interest ratios. So it, it does suggest there was a squeeze going on yesterday. Yes, there definitely was. There's no way you can get a spiky day like we had yesterday without shorts being forced out of the market. But that's healthy. They've been cleared out, or some of them have been cleared out, the ones with less conviction than the others. And now, perhaps, after next month's print, if it's a good one, new longs will be established, Jason. I think I'd be cautious in becoming too optimistic on riskier assets, on equities, etc. My my view on that is really that ultimately we do need to see a little bit more evidence. Now, the market is always going to try to anticipate in advance what is going to occur economically and from a policy perspective. So the market wants to get ahead of the Fed cutting or ceasing to hike. They want to get ahead of whether the economic impact of policy so far has impacted growth already and therefore it wants to be at the point where it's starting to think about the the turn up in growth the turn down in interest rates i think we might be too early to have a lot of conviction on that so our view was really this was a sort of contrarian move that ultimately we're still probably having to see earnings expectations come down further and actually the economic reality of suddenly going from zero to five percent in rates if we look historically it's been really hard to thread that needle and get a decent path to a soft landing. Um, You can get that when you have a very uh, tempered increment in rates, but historically a very quick increase in rates has led to significant economic impact. So yes, there's that contrarian move, there's that short squeeze, 
does it then mean that you become structurally more constructive? I think we need to go through a little bit more pain first for that. Jason, great analysis. Thanks so much for your time. That's Jason Borbarashin, Portfolio Manager at 91 in London. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.